0: You're listening to a rerun of the Savage Love cast. Dan is on vacation, but he'll be back with you in a week or so. We hope you enjoy this episode from last May.
1: Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you've managed to download another installment of the Savage Love podcast series. Collect them all. There'll be hundreds of thousands. We're never going to stop. 206-201-2720 is the phone number if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast. Leave a callback number in case we want to get back in touch with you. Uh, let's not uh, fuck around. Let's get right to the calls. Hi, Dan.
2: My name is Gretel. I'm an 18 year old straight female. I just had a, like a recent involvement with my family that really made me question what I, what I was doing was right. Um, I recently became sexually active. Like I lost my virginity in September, and so me and my boyfriend, who I've been with since then, um, have been, you know, doing it, and I went home over winter break, when I went home for Christmas, and I told my mom that I wanted to go on birth control, and she, like, completely flipped out, and even though I thought my parents were very liberal and that they would be very open to this, they obviously weren't, and so now, not only do they hate my boyfriend for taking away my virginity and ruining me forever. They hate me because I obviously am easy, which is a word my mom used. And although I know that my parents are, you know, kind of crazy about this right now, um, I just can't help. Like every time I have sex with my boyfriend, I'm like thinking about, you know, that I'm, You see, and even though he says I'm not and that it's, you know, it's a committed relationship and whatever, I still have that in the back of my mind. So I was just kind of looking for affirmation that I'm not a complete slut. Thank you, and I like your podcast.
1: Bye. Man, your call just breaks my fucking heart. Your parents are such douchebags. You are totally not a slut. You're totally doing everything right. You also waited a lot longer than most people wait. The average age for people to first become sexually active, the age at which most uh, of your peers became sexually active, 14.9. You're in college, you have a steady boyfriend, you're an adult, and you are sexually active. And it's also none of their business. And you need to just blot it out. It's really terrible. I'm really sorry that when now that you choose be sexually active with your boyfriend, who sounds like a good dude, that your mom's voice is in your head screaming that you're a slut. You just have to will that out. You need to throw that bullshit out. Clearly, your family has hangups about sex. You can hear it at the very beginning of your call, actually, before you even get to um, you know, what your mother had to say and how it's eating away at you, when you said, I know my boyfriend, we've been, comma, you know, comma, doing it. Something about the way you were raised, you know, you had to like hem and haw and you had to use doing it instead of, you know, fucking or having sex or sexually active or having vaginal intercourse, whatever. You know, clearly your family had some hang ups about sex that you've picked up on that were present before your mother opened her full mouth and said the hurtful, idiotic things that she said. That she will one day apologize to you for having said whether you end up with this boy for the rest of your life or not. In the meantime, you need to establish a zone of privacy and uh, exclude your parents from any info about your private life and about your sex life. It's a, it's none of their fucking business. And b, they're clearly a little toxic about it, and clearly their toxicity gets to you. So you need to shove them out. You are not a slut. You're doing everything right. It's your body, and you're an adult, and you can make your own choices. And. You know, I I don't want to criticize you for, for the way you went about it, but you know, you didn't need to go to your mom for permission to go on birth control. You know, if you're going home for a break, that makes it sound like you are in college where there is a student health service and you could get access to birth control without your mom's knowledge, consent, permission, approval. And, you know, that was the only place where maybe you tripped up. You know, if you're from the kind of family where you, in a conversation with an openly gay, sleazy sex advice columnist who's very old, you feel compelled to use the phrase doing it in place of fucking or, you know, it's actually active. You know, if that's kind of family background, that's a good sign that you probably shouldn't talk to your parents about your sex life. Uh, and so that's the only mistake you made and it's a minor one and you're not a slut. I just, I wish you'd left your phone number so I could call you and tell you in person that you're totally not a slut. I wish I could show up and give you a hug and tell you that you're totally not a slut. And I wish I could go to your mom's house and break her front window with a brick with a note written on a piece of paper wrapped to the brick with a rubber band holding it to it that says your daughter's not a slut. Shut the fuck up. But I can't because you didn't leave your phone number. I could do all those things if you'd only left your phone number. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. You're not a slut. Refuse to talk about your sex life with your family. If your parents try to broach the subject, refuse to discuss it with them. It is none of their business. None.
3: Hey, Dan. I love the podcast. Um, My name is Emily. I'm 17, bisexual, and about to have sex for the first time. Yay me. Uh, My partner is fantastic. He's good giving and game for absolutely everything except intercourse. He's one of those silly, unreasonable, and completely unrealistic people who wants to be one of the 20% of the 5% who won't have intercourse before marriage and stays monogamous. He'll let me tie him down, he'll buttfuck me, or whatever. Just no intercourse. Is there anything I can say that might talk some sense into this guy? Because he's got the most incredible cock and it's really pissing me off. We talked about using a clona Willy Willie but it's not the same.
1: Oh my god, I just love phrases like, he'll buttfuck me. But no intercourse. In which case, my boyfriend is a virgin. Because, you know, he'll let me butt fuck him. But my boyfriend and I, we never have vaginal intercourse. So technically, when we do, finally, one day, perhaps, uh, are, are able to be legally married, I will have the honor of marrying a virgin because I've never vaginally penetrated my boyfriend. All right, let's give... I need to give this person a call. Just to find out if she has an 18-year-old sister. Uh who's only recently become sexually active with her boyfriend and then her mother called a slut and threw out of the house. Hello? Hi. Hey, so what can I call you? Give me a fake name. Uh, Ty. Ty. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Ty, uh, you have the boyfriend who'll fuck you and let you tie him up, which is, I assume, why we're going to call you Ty. Uh, mm-hmm. But he doesn't uh, want to have vaginal intercourse, or he doesn't want to have intercourse, but he'll buttfuck you, but he doesn't want to have intercourse, because anal intercourse isn't intercourse, it's parcheesy <laughs>
3: Uh, That that was basically the situation. Um, His whole deal was that he had decided that um, intercourse was something that he wanted to save for marriage, something that would make his wife special. And I laughed at him and basically said, you know, there's going to be other things that make her special, like the fact that she's your wife.
1: (laughs) Right. And and that person couldn't be you? You'd have no interest in being this boy's wife, beautiful cock notwithstanding?
3: Um. Exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you know you have to respect his decision if that you know if that's what he wants he has a right to say you know for even for peculiar space alien stole my brain reasons <laughs> that you know he wants to reserve that for one very special lady right exactly. um, as opposed to anal sex he'll buttfuck anybody he'll buttfuck grannies on buses but vaginal intercourse he wants to say for the wife
3: right. And, um, but actually, I used um, some of the facts from your old podcast to talk to him and said, you know, even if you don't choose to do this with me, there's this reality that you're probably not going to be able to find someone, you know, who's not going to be freaked out by the fact that you're a virgin when you're 27, you know. uh uh-huh. and, and so, you know, I just talked to him, and then he brought it up a week later, and he said, actually, you know, because of what you said, and I've thought about it on my own, and I've actually decided that... Um, this is what's right for me And that, yeah, I will have um, intercourse with you and that's Oh my
1: god, so this is all over
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's what <laughs>
1: Did you have vaginal intercourse?
3: Uh, tomorrow
1: <laughs> Oh, you scheduled it
3: <laughs> Yeah, well, we have to Because there's like kind of this whole hotel thing And we can't do it at my house Because like my grandparents And we can't do it at his house Because it's a trailer And they can walk in And there's no lock on his door uh, So basically it's it's hotel And we've got everything all You know, we've got our cover story and everything
1: Oh wow! I'm like I'm speaking to you the day before you go to flower this boy.
3: And and yeah, I'm a virgin too. So.
1: Oh my god! Well, you have to call back and give us a give us a a status report after it's all over. I
3: definitely will. I definitely will. Is he going to be
1: tied up during this deflowering?
3: Um, possibly. <laughs> so,
1: like, how kinky are you? Like, you're a rare girl. Like, most girls, you know, most, there's many, 100,000 kinky guys for every kinky girl, and I think you're a kinky girl. We have a kinky girl on the line, is that right?
3: Yes, you do. You know, I, I definitely, it's something, I want to be a sexologist, so...
1: And that's how that's how most sexologists start out, tying up guys in hotel rooms woo! who live in trailers. That's how we all get our start.
3: Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom. She'll be so proud. Um... But, yep, this is like the day before, so...
1: Wow, well, we expect to call back. We want a full report. Okay. From both of you, from him, too.
3: Okay, I, I will definitely maybe get him, like, on the line or something.
1: Okay, upstreet upstreet. and that gives everyone a reason to tune in next week for the podcast because they will get a real-time live... Uh, a real virgin. <laughs> a real virgin, do- double virginity loss, except yeah. that you've been fucked in the butt, which kind of makes you not a virgin, no, in my opinion. No, I
3: haven't, actually. Here's the thing about my life is everything for me happens in reverse.
1: Good fucking luck tomorrow, uh, literally. thank you. And uh, give us a buzz back and let us know how it went.
3: I definitely will.
1: Okay, talk to you later. All
3: right, thank you. Bye.
1: Take care. Bye. Hi, Dan. Uh,
4: first, thanks for doing these free podcasts. I'm a long-time fan of yours, and I've been joining them immensely. I'm a 26-year-old gay man living in one of those uh, gay mecca types of places, and my question is about sex parties. Uh, I've never been to one before, and I'm curious. I'm going to hook up and would like to know your stance on unprotected oral sex at these things. Um, I know for me, anal sex, protected anal sex is already a given. It's like, duh. So... Um, I was also hoping you could shed some light on what I can expect and if you had any etiquette or general behavior tips. Thanks so much. Love the
1: show. Hey, it's Dan Savage. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just listened to your call. And okay. uh, I was calling uh, to tell you what you can expect from a uh, sleazy gay sex party. Okay. Not that I would know, because I've actually never been to one. Because. Right. Pardon? Okay, you've never been to one. I've never been to one, but I've, I've read about it. I have a lot of book knowledge about them. I mean, you had a specific question that was about, you know, what's the etiquette around oral sex? Of course, condoms for anal. But, you know, in a lot of crazy, sleazy gay sex parties, oral for or uh, condoms for anal isn't a given. There are a lot of people who are into random barebacking who randomly bareback at idiotic sex parties. You know that, right? Going in that you may yeah, encounter totally. unsafe... I actually
4: went to one this friday i couldn't wait for you to call me back
1: <laughs> oh my god like this whole show has been like that i just talked to a girl who you know was couldn't talk her boyfriend into losing her virgin- his virginity and i call her and she's already uh, talked him into it she doesn't need my help and then, so you've already been to one so how'd it go yeah
4: um uh it wasn't anything like i like, thought it was going to be um i thought it was going to be kind of like a central room sort of like a like a really witty french salon where people are telling jokes and then like in the other rooms You know, like, um, kind of like a locker room sort of vibe, like, yeah, go get him, or do it, or, you know, whatever. But it was, like, really humorless and very serious and uh, weirdly quiet.
2: Mm -hmm. We were all in our
4: underwear. And, um, yeah, I walked in, and they were playing uh, spin the bottle, but uh, they were just going down on each other instead of kissing. So Was it fun? Not really what I had in mind. That's not what I asked. I said, was it it fun?
1: Did you have fun?
4: Yeah, I know. I was, I guess. I stayed... Well, it was kind of awful, because the first guy I kissed tasted like the cock and ass of 12 other guys.
1: And oh, that God, like that, makes me, that makes me that makes me want to die. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I- I'm not one of those gay guys who thinks we should all get married and move to the suburbs and be strictly monogamous. I think that straight people should have more sex and more sex partners than they do. Uh, however, I feel that gay people, gay men, should have fewer sex partners than we can. And that somewhere there's a balance But you know I've often done this test with my friends who go to sex parties Or go to sex clubs or bathhouses Where I'll find a half-eaten sandwich on the street And hand it to them and say Why don't you take a bite of that And they'll react in horror like oh my god I wouldn't put that in my mouth Because you know They don't know who ate it before they did But they'll go to a sex club and eat a cock that's been in 30 other mouths, for all they know, that has a spit of 30 other people on it, when no one's ever gotten oral gonorrhea from a half-eaten ham sandwich they found on the street. It's a good point. You know, I think that there's a place in our lives as gay men for sexual adventure, for sexual fun, for multi-partner play, for all sorts of stuff. But, like, these sort of crazy, weird, shame-driven, desperate sex parties... That for the most part, I, I've rarely heard of any that weren't sort of like silent and awkward and not the like fun that sometimes they look like on video, you yeah. know, at porn sites where everyone kind of knows each other already and isn't a freak, usually. Yeah. You know, it's just that they don't live up to their to their hype or how you imagine that they're going to be.
4: No, I definitely didn't. Um...
1: And so I would encourage you, you know, my uh, my advice to people about these sorts of, you know, internet arranged sex parties for gay men is don't. Don't go Yeah And you can have You know A sex life. You can have Sexual adventure You can have Like more than One boyfriend At a time You can have Three ways And four ways But it's better To have those things With guys you know And know something about it's better to be open about who you are and what you're interested in sexually with the people who are really in your life and really a part of your life so that, you know, if you have you know, if there's a couple, you know, gay male couple in your life that you're interested into both of them and you let them know that, hey, sometimes, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't mess around with you guys, like then you have some control over who you're messing around with mm-hmm. and some knowledge about them. Instead of just like, you know, finding an ad online and going to some place where for all you know people are not using condoms, uh, using crystal meth. You know, yeah. and not going to look out for you. Yeah. You know, if you're having sex with people that you don't know at all, the odds that you're having sex with people who are already exposed to HIV or other diseases skyrockets. And your odds of having sex with people who don't care about you are in, are infinite. Yeah, I guarantee you're having sex with people who do call. not care about you and are just going to mm-hmm. treat you like a piece of Kleenex. And that wears away at your soul.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, like I said, when I went, I I felt like a tourist, I was really out of place. And the uh, the little puppeteer guy, this is this is the best part of the story actually, <laughs> the money from the sex parties go to outreach programs for children to teach
1: them about puppets. Believe I, it or not. I don't even know how to respond to that. Well, and I hate I'm, to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, you're 26 and you're living in a gay mecca and you should have your fun, and there's a way to have your fun at 26, God knows I did. I was was living in Berlin when I was 26. I wasn't living behind a white picket fence in the suburbs. There's a way to do it and a way to to leverage that sort of sexual adventure into your life without selling your soul and killing your soul in the process. I have friends who are exposed to HIV, which is, I assume, what you're most concerned with, uh, through oral sex. Uh, The odds are really, really low. You know, the more guys you have oral sex with, your the, the odds start to rise. The likelier it is that the guys you're having oral sex with, if the pool that you're drawing those guys from is, you know, a pool of crystal meth using sex party goers, the odds that the guys you're having oral sex with are already infected are higher still. Yeah. You know, if you're drawing guys from a pool where, you know, a higher percentage of guys are infected, your risk of contracting HIV through oral sex rises. It's much lower than with anal sex. Some believe it's much lower risk even than anal sex with condoms if you're the bottom, right? But there's some risk, but it's much lower. And so the deal is, you know, the etiquette or, you know, most people are comfortable assuming that low level of risk. And I'm down with that. That's cool. Like, you know, there's a certain amount of pleasure that we all want in our lives, and we have to assume or accept a certain level of risk. You want to minimize the risk, but you can't eliminate it. You know, people go skiing and slam into trees and die. And we don't talk about, you know, safe skiing means that nobody ever dies skiing. You know, we try to mitigate, minimize our risk when we're on the mountain, right? You try to minimize your risk when your face is in some dude's lap. And one of the ways you can minimize that risk, not eliminate it, but minimize it, is not have your face in the lap of some dude who's already been sucked off by 14 guys who probably smoked meth before he got to the party and is probably already infected.
4: Yeah, I I agree. I see your point. Okay. Totally. Yeah, great. Thank you so
1: much. Hey, you're welcome, and good luck. I'm sorry to be such a downer. (laughs) No sweat.
0: Talk to you later. Um, hi Dan. Uh, I'm bisexual, and my question is about coming out to my family, so let me give you a little background. Uh, I'm 25, my husband's 31, we've been together for five years, and we were married last summer. Uh, our maid of honor, who married us and performed the vows, was our mutual girlfriend at the time, and the three of us uh, ended up being together for six months and nobody in my family knew what was going on. They might have suspected, but I didn't tell them because in the months leading up to the wedding, it seemed like the wrong time to say, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, I'm bisexual. This is my girlfriend. And by the way, she's his girlfriend too. And uh, frankly, I felt pretty crappy about being closeted. I didn't feel like it was fair to my girlfriend that she had to be the secret lover, and it was a source of strain on our relationship. But I didn't—I didn't see how I could tell my family without the shit really hitting the fan at that point. Um, so we ended up breaking up with that particular person for various reasons. I'll spare you the details, but um, I still have an attraction to women. I, I still love three-way sex, and um, I'd still like to keep exploring the possibilities of a three-way relationship with the right person. Um, so my question is, how and when and what exactly do I tell my family? Because um, as far as they're concerned, I'm straight and monogamous, you know, typical. But... Um, and they're not really conservative or religious or anything like that. In fact, they're liberal Unitarians from New England. But even so, I know that the whole three-way thing would be kind of a fastball to throw at them, and I don't know how they would react. Um, so should I be gradual? Should I first say I'm bisexual and see how that sits with them and maybe give it a few months and then start opening up about but you know, not being totally monogamous. Um, so yeah, basically I, I just, I want to be open and honest with them because I love them and I care about them and we're close and I, I want them to know who I am and that this is part of me and I don't want to have to hide it. Cause I- blah,
1: blah, blah. Sorry. I had to cut you off. Um, you know, when it comes to our sex lives, as opposed to our, you know, whatever lives, you really should run your family on a need-to-know basis. Okay, maybe they need to know that you're bi, because that's true about you, right? You're bi. Um, you don't want to be closeted with them. They're probably all assuming you're straight since you married a man. Uh, the rational assumption to make. But, you know, if you feel uncomfortable at your family assuming something about you that isn't true, uh, you can, you know, elbow them in the ribs at the next family gathering and say, you know, just for the record, just because, you know, everyone thinks I'm straight and I'm in this... Uh, you know, I've entered into this heterosexual union. I- I'm not really head. I'm to- I'm bi. And, I, you know, I've had girlfriends. And then shut up. You don't need to say anything else. Your family will assume if you went out of the way to tell them you're bi that you sometimes mess around with girls. But, you know, spare them the gory details. They don't need it. Grandma and grandpa don't need to know necessarily that you're uh, eating pussy on the side a little bit, particularly if... Your primary relationship and your primary attachment is uh, is with a man, and and you're bi, and you can say that. And, you know, you, or you're into three ways, which sounds more like fetish and fun than an identity. Uh, you know, you can cross the polyamory bridge if you ever get to it. If you're ever in a three-way relationship and you feel like you're being deceitful by not fully disclosing that, then you can fully disclose that and say, we're all married to each other and just let the chips fall where they may. But, you know, in the meantime, it doesn't sound like there's any real pressing need aside from some misplaced sense of i don't know loyalty or duty to rub your family's noses and a whole bunch of information hey my husband and i we're having three ways i wouldn't tell my family that about my husband and i even though you know that's happened actually i have written a book about it and i mentioned it so maybe my mom's read it but i didn't tell her to read the book but, you know, they don't need to know that. I don't, you know, my boyfriend, and I've been together a million years. We've had a few three ways. When I see my grandparents, I don't feel compelled to tell them that we've had a few three ways. They know we're gay, right? So, uh, you know, maybe I'm just betraying my some of my middle class uh, sexually conservative uh, roots here in encouraging you to run your family on a need-to-know basis sexually. But you really should. You know, I'm totally down with BDSM. I'm sorry I'm using all this high school lingo, like, down with, but there you go. Totally down with BDSM. You know, I I have friends who don't have, uh, you know, boyfriends. They have slaves, except when they go home. And then, you know, her boyfriend is no longer her slave. Her boyfriend, you know, around the family is her boyfriend. But even if at the house her boyfriend's not allowed on the furniture, like, whatever – you know, because their family doesn't need to know that. That's kind of like info about their sex life that is only going to, isn't going to get them anywhere, isn't going to do anything but make their family uncomfortable and resentful, right? So, and is it does you need to know? You know, now somebody is going to call on and say, well, wasn't your family resentful when you came out to them as gay? Did they need to know that? Yeah, they did need to know that because I was going to have relationships with men because I was going to wind up with a man forever. So, I kind of needed to, like, let them know that. What I do with that man, they don't need to know that. Hence my my you know my friend who's got a slave not a boyfriend. Her family you know they know when she's with a the man. They don't need to know what she does with him. You know what I mean. And same with you. You've got a husband. Sometimes you have three ways. Sometimes you have three ways that are ongoing for a while. Does your family need to know that? And you're by. Your family may need to know that you're by. Do they need to know? They'll probably. They'll probably assume, if you felt the need to come out to them as bi, that there are occasional contacts with females. They'll probably assume that, and then you just shut the fuck up. You don't need to rub their noses in it and be sort of a weirdo, angsty, uh, polyamory freak about it. Alright, that about wraps it up. I'm sure it pissed off everybody in the whole world today, talking to very young people about losing their virginities. Hopefully that person will call in with an update for next week's show. Uh, encouraging young gay men not to go to sex parties because of the men that they'll find there at those sex parties. And now uh, encouraging polyamorous bisexuals to be closeted about it. Hey, that's here we are. The American Family Association is the new sponsor of the Savage Love Podcast. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show. The number, if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201- 2720. We want to to encourage people if they had medical questions uh, to bring them on because we are going to be having a uh, doctor on the show in an upcoming program and we're going to charge through a whole bunch of uh, medical issues and medical questions with somebody who's actually qualified to give some advice as opposed to, you know, assholing me. Uh, once again, two zero six two zero one two seven two zero. Keep your regular questions coming. Send us your medical questions. You download the podcast every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog all the time at thestranger.com slash blog. And we'll be back at you next week with another uh, fine edition of the Savage Love Podcast.